This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Nation, welcome to episode 26 of Jigasaw and My Name's Ben Watt. And let me bring in my trusted second in command. He is, he is the Gareth Keenan to my David Brent, or the Dwight to my Michael. It is the Mrs. of Wood by himself, Logan Crosland. Good evening, Logan. Or good afternoon. Good evening, man. Yeah, hey, it's good afternoon for me, so. <laughs> yeah, just en- enjoying Enjoying the weather and, you know, just having a good time, having a good afternoon. You doing all right today? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. I've been, I've, I've worked, we've both been at work, but uh, yes, and we're both right. And uh, as Logan says, it's afternoon for him, so it's a very welcome, like, reasonable time of day for us both to record that, which is nice. Absolutely. Uh, and one of the reasons for that is because, as was revealed on the last episode... Uh, Sean Kidd has left us as a regular as a regular host. He stepped away from the good ship salad, so we need a new third man. He this will be provided by my fellow special relation host of Crock and Roll and purveyors of all things Place Me Nation Twitch. It's Callum McDougal. Good evening to you, Callum. Hey yo, your people know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Where is Two Point Logan? Where is Sean Sean Kid? That punk can't even get in the building. Good evening, Ben. It's good to be here. It's good to be here. It's, with this, by the way, just this, just for everybody's information, if they don't realise, we, we're kind of, for the next few couple of episodes, like trying each other on like a, a nice pair of shoes, aren't we, seeing if we like each other in this. Because we do a pod together already. We want to see, can we do two pods together? <laughs> it's like, do people want double Calvin and Ben? That's what we're asking. They get I'm, double, I'm, they get I'm triple sure they Logan. They get triple Logan and Ben. Exactly, I was starting and to feel, so I was starting to feel left out. <laughs> not to feel left out, and that's why I'm. That's why I'm taking over. Good lad, I'm. You know, well, you know. At least you've warned us it's going to happen, which I appreciate. Well, you know, I, I, I came in. I, 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 I slither in as a guest for one battle bowl episode, and uh, here, 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 here we are now. I've Sean has been taken down. That, that my, <laughs> my next stop is my next stop is Crock and Roll, and then the world. <laughs> so. Um, Gentlemen, just to let you know, and our listeners, just let them know, this is not going to be Salad 2.0. As we all know, putting that in front of anything wrestling-related makes you a bit inferior and rubbish. So consider this the same old salad, but with some new ingredients. <laughs> you compare me to Braun Breaker and... and... I feel attacked. <laughs> <laughs> now, you compare me to Braun Breaker and Dolph Ziggler. Oh well, wow. oh yes, I forget. I, I forgot he was there for like a, a hot minute. <laughs> now, here on Salad, the same old awards are going to be here as well as Ali Tumble. So, for any new listeners and for Callum, I'm going to go through our 
as I said, we've done 25 episodes so far. This is episode 26. So we do have, you know, I'm just going to give you our top 10. Just as a point of reference. So, you know, it's, it's, as we start the theory, it's good to have these services now and again. So, at number 10, we have SummerSlam 2010. Number 9, the Royal Rumble of 2006. Number 8, the show that is considered by many to be the worst pay-per-view of all time, The Great American Bash 91. Number 7, In Your House Degeneration X from December of 97. Number 6, King of the Ring 1995. Top 5. At number five, Survive, Survivor Series 1999. Number four, Halloween Havoc 1999. Number three, Super Bowl 2000. Two, Fall Brawl 99. And number one, Fall Brawl 1993. Uh, Logan, there's quite the cornucopia of crap there. Yeah, it's amazing that Survivor Series 99's made it all the way down to uh, five. It was, uh, I feel like it was number two for a really long time. So the fact that that one's moved uh, as far down as five is pretty pretty incredible. Uh, but yeah, that's quite a cavalcade of crap, I'll say. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So as Callum is the new boy around here, we've let him pick tonight's show. So Cal, what did you go for? Um, I racked my brains for this. I. I, I was looking through and there was stuff that wasn't quite crap enough. And then I looked at the card for this show and thought, that's that's going to be a good one to talk about. We are going to be talking about WCW Bash at the Beach 1999. Excellent. And as you could probably guess from, from the top 10, in particular the top five, there's a lot of 1999 sprinkled throughout so uh, it's safe to say that you know if we were just to pick a, an all-round bad year for pay-per-views i think 1999 would be the one i i think we can all agree on that mm-hmm. yeah it 99 was... and 93 are up there <laughs> which is quite now, which is quite strange because like 1999 you always sort of think about being a really really hot period but yeah there's a seems to be a lot of um must be really good for the free stuff and then when they have they, they want you to plonk down 30 dollars it's uh they, they serve you up some amount of shit yeah, there's a it's a hot period, but like you say, like it's what they write, and they haven't they haven't necessarily got the talent to back it up in the ring when they need it, when they need it to for three hours. Mm-hmm. Now, as you know, me and Callum have this funny accent. Logan, I'm I'm now the old man of this podcast, so you would have been six at the, this point when this show came out, correct? Uh. Probably five, about to turn six, but yeah, somewhere in that range. Ah, yes, yeah, yeah. You're all, you're you're an August baby, same as me. Mm. Aren't you? I keep, yeah. yeah. Um, so correct. when, the, so when was the first time you actually saw this show? Uh this is the first time I've ever watched this show. Actually, I'm not gonna lie to you. Okay, no, no, that's fine. I think I've only watched it twice. So, uh, Callum, is this the first time for you? Yes, this is the uh, the, the first time. Yeah. Okay, so we're all we're all going in relatively. Uh, relatively cold however you want to face it now usually at this point with sean we get we talk about like where this event was held so this was held in fort lauderdale florida uh, and sean usually gives us some story about when he's traveled there uh for once gentlemen i have been to fort lauderdale only, literally only for a night to see a friend of my mum and dad's and i was eight at the time so don't ask me what it was like i have got no clue but you know i, I know i've been there I went because I went to Florida as a kid. And we 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 took a little trip down there, and it was very and it was as hot as uh, Tony and Bobby tell us throughout this show how hot it is. Look at you, Mister World Traveler. 
Shocked, shocked to know one I've not never been to Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I've, I, well, literally, I've, you know, there's only a few places in America I've been to, and that is one of them. So, you know, yay, yay me. <laughs> Good for you. Um, I have been to Miami, uh, which is right right by Fort Lauderdale, but I've never actually been to Fort Lauderdale. So you've got this one all to, all to yourself, Mr. Locke. Woohoo! <laughs> Woohoo! Right, gents, if we are ready, let us go to Fort Lauderdale for WCW's Bash at the Beach of 1999. We begin with a seizure-inducing hype video to start with for tonight's main event. It didn't help me out. I'm sure it did. I'm sure the people at home were all a bit confused as well. We then go to our hosts who are Tony Schiavone and Bob the Brain who run down tonight's card, including that quote-unquote unique main event. No, Tony, the word you're looking for is confusing as shit. They then throw it to Mean Gene, who wants us to ring the hotline because there's some people backstage who shouldn't be there. Then we go to Mike Tenay who's at the junkyard, ready for the hardcore battle royal. And he explains all about that there could be some surprises tonight. Logan, this whole segment took literally took six and a half minutes before we even got to the first match. This was a very WCW thing, wasn't it? Where they just ran down the card and just went to everybody on the commentary team. Yeah, especially during this era, they had these long... Uh, openings for sure, but uh, my first note is uh, w- when you open a pay per view with the exploding vagina logo, you know you're in for a probably a shitty show. It's probably not going to be a good time that you're about to head into. Uh, it might not be as shitty as some others, but you know you're definitely headed into not not probably a good time. Um, you mentioned the ridiculous opening with the guitar riff. Um, I love the beach getups that Tony and Bobby have on. They have their Hawaiian shirts on. Uh, today being in the junkyard makes me. Uh, so happy because I la- I laughed so hard when they sent Portenay out to the port at the, at the junkyard, <laughs> and uh, Gene is in full con mode as he's teasing that visitors uh, are backstage only to plug the hotline and be like, oh, you can only find out this way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just remember, remember, Callum, uh, get your parents' permission, but remember, kids, please call that hotline. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, if if I was around, a I... Gene would have. I would have just pretended. I would have just pretended. I'm just going. It's like the. It's like on the BBC when they ask you, "Do you have a TV license?" You just click yes. That's what it'd been like when me and Gene told me to phone that number. <laughs> at what point as well do you think Tanae got that gig ban as well? And I think it's got to be at some point that day. Well, he did. He did say during the opening that he was. He was dressed for. He was dressed for the uh, for being in the arena, and he was told that day. And I think that's exactly what happened, because Mike yeah. Tenay is not dressed for going to junkyard. Mike Tenay is is dressed whiter than any man. Like he is, like he's dressed as the most white person ever, whiter than any man has ever dressed before. Um, I absolutely, I absolutely loved it. it. Was but it was also so typical Mike Tenay. It was wonderful. <laughs> So after the six and a half minutes, we then go to our first match, which is between the cat Ernest Miller and Disco Inferno. Uh, gentlemen, my first note reads, can we go back to people just talking, please? <laughs> uh, Logan, I'm not saying this was bad or, you know, particularly mundane, but, you know, this is, this is the result of a dance contest, for God's sake, and they get, like, nearly ten minutes. Yeah, the, the there's going to be a running thing with uh, some of these matches getting far too much time. Um, I've always professed my underrated love for Disco. 
but I also wonder at this point in 1999 how this gimmick is still hanging on, how it lasted this long. But I guess he just knew the right people or something like that. I also I feel like a lot of people like really like Ernest Miller, and I I just never have gotten it. Like now and now I'll profess that I I'm not super familiar with this time period or 2000 for that matter, um, just because I've just never really you know, dove into that time period that much, but I just can't stand the cat. He's terrible on the mic. I don't really find his matches that, that impressive. Uh, the whole karate thing is just stupid to me for some reason. Um, but a- as far as the match, uh, disco comes out pretty aggressive, which is kind of a different style for him. I feel like, um, at one point he's out on the outside and Ono hits him with a pretty sweet kicks. Uh, that's effective karate right there, uh, <laughs> by the manager and not the guy in the actual match. Um, I think Ben mentioned in the chat that uh, I was going to point out some bad refereeing, uh, but it starts in this match. Uh, it kind of carries on throughout the night. Um, he lets an absolutely obvious low blow go with no consequences. So, um, But like I said at the beginning, the match is far too long considering who the two guys are. And then the, the shoe, the, blue, or the red suede shoe being the kill shot for the cat, but not for Disco makes absolutely no sense. Um, I had originally gone one. Uh, just because I kind of like uh, Disco's adre- aggressive style, but I actually bumped it up to one and a half based on what we uh, are going to talk about coming up after this. <laughs> um, by the way, there, there are a few killer Bobby lines on this show. Uh, there is one in particular in this uh, this match, which I absolutely love, which is when they're talking about... Uh, when Bobby says that the last time he saw that many car, old cars and bangers talking about the junkyard bat royal was when he went to Dusty's house. <laughs> absolutely slay me and I don't know why um, now Callum Disco is a purveyor of fashion that highlighter pen suit is tremendous but just in case you were confused about which person was the cat he was the one who had cat written in big red letters on his ass just to, you know, just for your benefit well I'm glad because I've, I've never I've, I'm glad he pointed that out as as much as he did because I only ever recognise Ernest the Cat Miller as the um, and I'm surprised Logan um, didn't bring this up. Um, but obviously the cat I first found out about him as when he was the um, the commentator on Velocity way back in the day. Ah <laughs> um, yes, yeah, this was True. on a nothing says hot start to your pay per view like. Uh, an, an eight or an eight to ten minute segment that would have been fitting in the middle of a thunder. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. This was it was too long to get into it. The 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 music that I hope was a dubbed music because if this was his actual music that the cat came out to, then that is actually horrendous. Um, it was just it, it, it was awful. At least Disco Fever was still intact. Um, you know, so that, that that's that, that that's probably as good as the match got. It was not it was not offensively bad, but it wasn't it's not a a, a seven star classic by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I've also got a note that the low blow was right in front of Randy Anderson, which um the which was was baffling, but never mind. Um, I've also got a note about stamping on the feet. Now I don't understand why more people don't do that. Um, obviously we've got like Matt Riddle today is in a prominent place, in a prominent position. Nobody ever stands on his feet. If you want to wrestle barefoot, pre- prepare for that to happen if you're, if you're me on the other side. Um, but yes, this was this was a match that happened. Um, I can't <laughs> say any more than that. Yeah, uh, what's, what, did you, what did you rate it? Um, 
I would think I was I think I was feeling generous because I was excited um, that I was I, I was going to I was going to do this and I was I was hoping for the best. I gave it one and a half because it wasn't offensively bad. Like going uh, like make them apart. I will I will make it a trio of one and ours because yeah I think well, I think we've got to have some good on this show. Well not good. Well I say good, but you know in in inverted commas here with what with what we've got coming up. Yeah, well, I think yes. This may this this may be as good as it gets. I think you well. I think you yeah, you're pretty <laughs> close, you're pretty close, mate. Pretty close. We then head backstage to uh, Mill Lane and Mark Madden, who are having a conversation and interview on WCW.com. I remember that. That takes me back. Unfortunately, that does mean that we're pretty damn close to the to the great takeover of Madden on commentary. But you know, well, obviously, that's why two thousand one of the one of the many reasons why two thousand isn't fondly remembered. Our second match in the ring is a world television title match between the champion Rick Steiner and Van Hammer. Again, gents, I will read you my first note, which which simply states why. <laughs> Uh, Rick Steiner shows us all uh, why you should never talk. Um, now, Callum, um, I don't know if you are a regular listener to Highway to the Impact Zone, but we're, one of Logan's great bugbears on that show is the refereeing. In particular, what, uh, what Mike Posey gets a lot of stick in that match. I, I'm going to present, I'm going to present the ref in this match as being just as bad as Mister Posey. I, well, I mean. I I am a list. I'm a I am a regular listener. I'm not a regular watcher along with with it. Um, I can't remember how bad Mike Posey was, other than what what Logan tells me, which I've got no reason to dis. I've no reason to disbelieve him. I can't imagine Mike Posey's any worse than this because I, I have got I have got um I've got notes. Uh, two low blows in front of the referee, so make that three for the night so far. We're only two matches in, bear in mind, and we're already at a positive count for the low blows in front of the referee. Um, unfortunately, though, for us as viewers, the refereeing certainly the poor refereeing wasn't the worst part of this match. Um, I, I, I've got a note about the video package to begin with. Of course, Van Hammer is a Cowboys fan because he never wins anything either. Um, <laughs> and, and Van Hammer's finish looks like a crap angle slam. Now, if that's his finishing move, and that's one of the better moves he can get. You know, we're not in for a good one. Uh, you know, one positive thing is Rick Breaker did look in cracking shape, to be fair. 1999 Rick Steiner was hench. Rick um, Breaker. But <laughs> um, young, uh, young man Van Hammer, a sprightly 39 years old, blatantly calling Tony Giovanni a liar. Um, there's not, as you can tell, there's not many notes about this match because this was rubbish. <laughs> this was absolutely rubbish. It could not finish quick enough, and it was only three minutes long. Um, <laughs> this is the uh, uh, momentous occasion, gentlemen. This is the first dud of my run of of um, on chicken salad. This is this was excruciatingly bad. Welcome aboard. You, you, Thank you. 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 You feel part. You feel part of the gang as soon as you give that first dud out. There's like a, a whole weight of pressure comes off of you. Um, as it's a weight I, off the shoulders. It really is. It feels when you get and when you get to the negatives, it's practically orgasmic. Trust me. <laughs> um, Logan, I know I, I mentioned it with Callum, but I, I've kind of thought, you know, all these refereeing spots 
the floor is yours, my friend, because this is this is exactly your wheelhouse in terms of your complaints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been initiated with your first dud, uh, Callum. So w- welcome, welcome to the team. Um, I'm going to go to a couple things before the match before I get into uh, my refereeing uh, gripes. Um, I don't know where you saw Mark Madden. I saw I saw Matt Souza uh, talking to the celebrity <laughs> deathmatch guy. So. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't. I don't know where you saw Mark Madden. So, but uh, How there dare was you. a. <laughs> He's gonna be so pissed. I said that. <laughs> um, but uh, the Van Hammer package that they had before it was uh, quite the buildup. It was quite something. Uh, at one point, he has a table and he hits Jimmy Hart, and Jimmy Hart just falls into the bottom rope, and he just kind of slinks out of the ring like a worm. So I thought that was a really funny uh, moment that they showed in that. Uh, but yeah, this is absolutely 100% a dud. Uh, nobody else should be able to give it any stars. Uh, you know, Hammer gets some offense in early, but Steiner pretty much kicks his ass the whole match. And then uh, my only other note for the match is another questionable refereeing situation. Uh, Rick Steiner gets away with pushing the ref. Uh, he low blows Van Hammer multiple times, and Van Hammer low blows Steiner even once. And a chair shot in the in the aisleway, with no consequences. So uh, <laughs> Russo either must have some hand in the in the in the creative or something like that at this point, because we are not calling for disqualifications. Which you know, I don't want to see a card full of disqualifications either. But I mean, it gets to a point where like you can only break the rules so many times, or it just seems stupid and ridiculous. But yeah, this is absolutely a dud. The thing with it was right, I like you don't mind the odd low blow here and there, but when they like you say, they are literally the rest literally looking at it right, it's right under the ref. There's no, there's no blocking it. You know, the punt I think was the most egregious. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like even Goldust got disqualified for doing a punt. Yeah, and I mean, he he ran and punted him right in the nuts. So like, what are you looking at? Yeah, Mickey Mickey J is definitely on the short list of uh, awful ass referees after this one for sure. <laughs> after after the match, yeah, I'm going to go dud as well. By the way, yeah, so it's a trio. We're 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 far too much in agreement here, boys. We might need to, you know, we need to like differentiate at some stage. I think <laughs> <laughs> we might well do in our next match. But before that, we go back to the junkyard where Mike reminds us again that there may be some surprises tonight, and then we see Scott Dickinson with the trophy. Which is which is lovely to say. I, I don't know about you, Logan, but I was I was getting some Candido Cup memories with our uh, with that uh, little bot with that little trophy thing that was given out. Oh man, that thing put the Candido Cup to shame. Candido Cup was just a fruit bowl. That thing was a, a work of art compared to that thing. So, <laughs> but yeah, I definitely got those vibes as well. <laughs> our our next match in the ring is for the U.S. title, and the new champion David Flair puts his title on the line against Dean Malenko. Um, at this point in WCW, Rick Flair is president. Roddy Piper is vice president. So there is a great bit of nepotism going on here. Um, Dean Malenko dis- being described as a youngster by Tony to add to Van Hammer being described as a youngster as well. So, you know, those spry 40 year olds, if I, I'm, I'm feeling quite confident in life now, I'm, I'm a youngster still. This is great. <laughs> um, but I think 
you know, we, before we talk about the match itself, we, we've got to talk. I apologize, Callum, in advance, because um, we're going to bring it right down. Uh, we've got to talk Tony Wilson, because she looked absolutely spectacular at this point. Like, you know, um, I made the noise, note that the Tory could breastfeed a crash, which was, you know, with that outfit, Jesus. just quite hachi-machi. Um, Logan, um, I, I think there was quite, well, I say I think, I know, there was quite a few empty seats in the arena for this match. So I think everybody took the chance to take a piss break during this, but they probably didn't expect it to go only go two or three minutes. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Um, but speaking of boobs, uh, Asia comes out and uh, she has a very tight uh, silver outfit on and she's uh, nipping pretty hard. And I think that those things could have <laughs> cut glass with how, uh, how rock hard they were at that point. So um, I don't really have a ton of notes for this one. Uh, poor Dean is one of them. That's just uh, just poor Dean Malenko. Feels so bad for him. But my other note is, how did David Flair get zero of his talent, zero of the talent of his father? I mean, obviously he's pretty untrained, but I mean he's the son of probably the greatest wrestler of all time, according to a lot of people. You would think at least naturally he would get something from Rick, but he is the most awkward just worst person that you could put in the ring at all times. And even Dean Malenko can't make him look competent. He just looks like an absolute loser and an idiot the whole time he's in the ring. And also fuck him for probably getting to see Tori Wilson naked at some point. So that's all I got. <laughs> Dud. Sorry. Dud. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, uh, Logan makes a very good point now. So uh, clearly David didn't get any of the flair talent. Uh, for as much as we don't like his other, one of his daughters, she is pretty damn good in the ring. So uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's pretty much an all or nothing affair with the flares by the, by the looks of things. Yes. Yes. I, I will, I will agree with that. Um, I think, no, I'm not saying, I won't bother saying it. That's the way I bring the tone down. Um, <laughs> David, <laughs> David, I've got the poor Dean. Um, I've got the poor Dean um, note as well. Fighting a losing battle on this one. Now, Dean Malenko is one of these guys who could probably get a decent thingy. Could 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 get a decent match out of a broomstick. So what does that say about David Flair? That a broomstick could run rings around him in, 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 a, in a wrestling match. He looks so out of place. He doesn't look like a wrestler at all. David Arquette looked more like a wrestler than David Flair, and and that is it, honestly that's scandalous considering who his father is. It's like Brooklyn Beckham not being able to kick a ball. It's like Tiger Woods' son not being able to pick up a golf club and hit it reasonably competently. I'm not expecting him to be as good as his father, but Jesus Christ, man, you must be able to you, like know your way around a wrestling move or two. Um, <laughs> the, the most egregious thing about this match is there was a double A spine buster. That the director cut away from, and that's unforgivable. That is unforgivable. We are three for three on television segments so far. This is (laughs) not pay per view worthy. I feel sorry for anyone. We should have asked Sean if he bought this one live because I feel I I, I want to give him his his thirty dollars back personally at like twenty odd years in the future. This this was rubbish. I gave it 0.25 of a, of a star because Dean Malenko tried his hardest. And But you look at everyone that was in the ring, Medusa, Arn Anderson, Ric Flair, Dean Malenko, all, everybody trying to make this work, trying to make trying to make David Flair something, and it was rubbish. Absolutely I mean, we, rubbish. 
The thing with it is, like, I mean, Tony, Tony's pretty much, Tony's very good and on point on commentary because he even says how rubbish David Flair is. But even if you've got a guy playing a rubbish wrestler, you at least have to be some level of competence, and David Flair isn't even that. But yeah, if you listen to the commentary, they're, they're, they're actively taking the piss out of him because they've yeah. never seen him do an offensive move. Um, <laughs> unbelievable. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> it was. I mean, that was that was the best part of the match as well. But I was just, you know, public service. I'm doing. Um, Logan, um, you fear not that David Flair has seen Tori Wilson naked. She has been in at least two episodes of Playboy. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and the I think I'm thinking back now. I, apparently, there was a controversy around the Godfather Part Three that Sofia Coppola couldn't get a guy in real life that looked like Andy Garcia. It's exactly what it's like in this time as well. David Flair in real life would never have had a chance to get Tony Wills. <laughs> hmm. he's, he's not just batting above his average. It's like he's like he's like she's like another stratosphere. <laughs> it's like Billy Kidman was batting above his average, but David Flair's just un, like it's, it's just un, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, and stupid and... rosy red cheeks. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got like he's got the uh, he's got he's got the Brock Lesnar red cheeks, but no kind of like muscle definition or badassery to go along with it. <laughs> and his red cheeks never go away; they're permanent. They're always there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only. I mean, that that must be the only comparison ever made between David Flair and Brock Lesnar. That's going in the, that's going in the right up. Benson Hall compares David Flair and Brock Lesnar. <laughs> um, I also went 0.25 on the match um, because, as Karen sort of alluded to, I just can't give a Dean Malenko match a dud. It's never going to happen. So 0.25 it is. I, I could have gone negative just to be a real smart ass, but I, I wouldn't. I could do that to Dean. Then we get then we get to a recap. Sorry, go on, Logan. Go on, Logan. What did you say? It's nothing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we get we get a recap of the No Limit Soldiers versus the West Coast West Texas sorry Redneck feud, including a full playing of the Rap Is Crap video. Now, Rap Is Crap is a fine WCW country song, but there's another one that's also out there that's also damn fine. It used to belong to Dustin Rhodes. He used to be known as... Well, they call him the natural. Natural. Natural as can be. They call him the natural. Natural. It comes naturally. He's the son of a son. And son of the gun, the horse does a rodeo bulldog. He's the natural one. Yes, he is. Uh, as we said, Callum, uh, you know, some things are staying the same, including the natural. That's never going away. <laughs> I've, I've got a warm, fuzzy feeling inside. That was my first live performance of the natural. Um, <laughs> it's just, I was just, oh, it was lovely. Just strap, strap yourself in, boys. Warms the cockles of my heart. Now, do oh do we dare to say at this early stage that rap is crap as the best thing that we've seen so far on this show, Logan? Without a doubt, one hundred percent. Kurt Kurt Hennig singing country music, being from freaking Robbinsdale, Minnesota, is among one of the funniest things uh, of all time. But he, it's actually a shoot. He's a huge country. He was a huge country music fan, uh, despite being from like the least country place you probably could be from. <laughs> um, let's get to the match, Callum. So um, now 
you, you said that David Flair didn't belong in the last match or didn't belong in a, it belong with ring. Um, so with the No Limit Soldiers, you had Rey Mysterio, you had Conan, you had Swall, and then you had Brad Armstrong. One of these things is not like the other. Yes, I mean, I, I wonder, and I'm not ge- being 100% genuine in this, I wonder if they put Brad Armstrong in there because they saw what the road dog can do with a mic in his hand with his, <laughs> like, and, and just thought, right, maybe he's got a bit of rhythm. But we saw how white Mike, Mike Tenet was earlier on. I think Brad Armstrong, being part of the No Limit Soldiers, is equally but not quite as white. He looks so <laughs> out of place. Um <laughs> I so out of, and I can understand why they've done it as well. Okay, you need a solid hand in there because your thingy, what's your four by four on the outside, big unit of a man, not going to be able to shift in the ring. Who's the other guy? Chase, he's a big unit. Um, uh, Master P isn't exactly going to get in there. Who else am I missing? I can all the other hangers on. So you need somebody to sort of shore it up. Conan himself isn't isn't fantastic. What a waste of Rey Mysterio though. An unbelievable waste. Um, they, they come out and they're like, oh, it's the cruiserweight champion of the world, Rey Mysterio. I'm just thinking, there could be so many other things that this guy could be doing on this show. A Rey Mysterio cruiserweight title match is what was missing for this show because it at least made it watchable by this point. Um, awful. What do you? What do you? What are you going to go on it? Um, see, this one, okay, like. In fact, I've got a page and a half of notes on this one. I think <laughs> not much, not much in the way of not much in the way of um, actual uh, notes about the match. Right enough, um, Southern Base Wrestling promotion wanting the fans to boom country music. Excellent. Um, the crowd was singing along to rap as crap, so that shows you that they kind of misjudged this one. Um, this match made me feel neither bowdy bowdy nor rowdy rowdy. Um, oh, it's like. Yeah, another low blow in front of a referee. Mm-hmm. Um, there was uh, Conan almost saw the crack of his ass because his trousers were so so low. Um, oh, there's a note about the match here. The monkey flip in at the drop kick was quite nice. Um, Swole was so bad though. Like I, I looked into Swole actually. Um, apparently he was trained by Brad Reagans and they made such a big deal about him being trained by Brad Reagans. Yeah, and you think. Right, okay, the guy must have something about him. He looked so uncoordinated, it's unbelievable. Apparently, he had a match and he toured, he had a tour of New Japan in 1991 and fought fucking Hashimoto. <laughs> Honestly, oh Hashimoto, my God. Hashimoto should have beat the shit out of this guy and never came back. He retired nine days later. That's how bad he was. <laughs> um, this was boring. It was plodding. Nothing happened. I felt sorry for Rey Mysterio. I felt sorry for Kurt Hennig. I felt sorry for the rest of the West Texas Rednecks, apart from Ken DeWoon, because he's a bit shit. One star. <laughs> um, now, Logan, it's fair to say that this match was, uh, along with another match later on, this is meant to be like the wrestling portion of the show because nothing else was carrying this bad boy. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're Callum, we're quite used, me and Logan, to seeing uh, Koran's loose fitting pants. Yeah, yeah, he kind of gets desensitised to it for a while. Um, but yeah, the, the the West Texas Rednecks uh, did a pretty good, pretty good carry job on three uh, LK version one. I thought. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Barry and Barry and Kurt did the, the as much as they could. 
I, I won't say Kendall and Bobby Duncan did too much, but uh, the, the, uh, Hennigan, uh, Hennigan, I buried it as much as they could uh, in this one. But uh, just to reiterate some some stuff, Caleb said uh, Brad Armstrong being in the rap group is just fucking hilarious to me. Um, they definitely thought Road Dog had some rhythm, so they were like, oh, maybe his brother does. We'll put him with the rap guys. Um, Ray had a bucket hat on when he was coming out, and it absolutely was swallowing his head. You could barely see his face. Um, <laughs> Barry, Barry Wyndham gave me some uh, very stepdad who just got finished working in the lawn uh, vibes. He had the gloves on with the, like... Uh, camo shorts uh with the knee pads and the boots he just he looked ridiculous um the match was all right as it started it was mysterio and henning so that was a good little matchup uh but then swole got in the ring and it all fell apart uh, i don't really feel like it really got uh, back on back on the rails and unless henning or mysterio was in the match um everyone else was not not just not so much very good um the, it was just botchy all over the place um at one point, Conan got got so winded that he was like, he just said "fuck it" and walked away and got chased to carry Barry out with him. So they got counted out. Um, we mentioned four by four. He's an absolutely massive human being. Uh, the match is pretty bad. Uh, I thought the finish was pretty cool. The splash from uh, atop Swole's shoulders. I thought that was a pretty cool finish. Um, but yeah, the match just wasn't very good. I also went one uh, just because I thought the portions that had at least Barry, uh, Mysterio, and uh, Kurt in it were pretty pretty solid, but uh, all, overall pretty horrible. And maybe one of the worst pins I've ever seen in my life uh, with uh, Swole on Bobby Duncan. Oh, that was awful. That was absolutely yeah. yeah, yeah. She was trying to rock, rack him up, and it was just just didn't happen. I'm, I went a bit more generous than you two. I went one and a half on it, but yeah, it was not the best. And what more, more terrible refereeing? Because when that you know you don't see Nick Patrick counting for the double count out and uh, the in the west and uh, sorry the no limit soldier should have been disqualified for four by four a second but you know that's just me watching at home multiple times <laughs> yes. and that was your, well but to be fair as well that was the only bit that the crowd was actually excited for which is which is something else oh uh, this crowd sucks by the way before we go any further they're awful all night oh there's there's a there's a point in a war match later on when they are they are like the worst, but we'll get that. We'll get that. Uh, so that'll do for the first half of our show. Um, we'll get back to Bash at the Beach 999 in the second half. But for me, Ben Lock, I'm here with Logan Coslin and Callum Google, and we will see you on the other side. I like country music. I like country girls. I like Willie Nelson. And don't forget about Pearl. There's only one thing that I hate, and it's a bunch of crap. I hate rap. I like NASCAR racing, Richard Petty's still the king. Yeah, they call me a redneck, but you know that's a beautiful thing. There's only one thing that I hate, because it's a bunch of crap. I hate rap. Uh, welcome back to part two of episode 26 of Chicken Salad Man. It's Ben Lock. You just heard the dulcet tones of Mr. Callum McDougall uh, sing alongside I Hate Rap. Uh, Logan, um, you might have a contender on your hand here to take all the natural responsibilities from you. 
I, I think we need to hear you sing eventually. Uh, we need to get a song for you uh, at some point. Uh, we've, heard, we've heard the dulcet tones of both of us, so we need to get you to sing a song here before too long. That will never happen. Unfortunately, I am totally tone deaf. You, 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 you did just hear me sing, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Can't be anywhere. We, we, we need to watch In Your House too so you can sing Spend My Day Working Hard on the Go. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, that was a July paper. That was a July paper view as well. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, I think another, another podcast might have the right, not the right, but the, 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 uh, the best version of the singing of that. <laughs> ah, valid point. <laughs> Trust me, my, my, my tone deafness doesn't stop me from karaokeing every now and again. So, you know, it does happen. I just have to be drunk enough to do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jess, let's get back to Fort Lauderdale. We are talking all things Batch at the Beach 1999. Our next match is not in the ring. It is, in fact, the Hardcore Battle Royal slash Invitational which is in a junkyard approximately 15 miles from the arena. Uh, Callum, um, I personally could not rate this, but I found this very, very entertaining. Uh, I believe entertaining crap is the the vernacular that was used at the time. Yes, um, I, I, I agree with you on that one. Now, you see the outdoor. You think WCW, you think outdoor, you think overhead helicopter shots. This gave me so many King of the Road vibes. Um, so my first note after after what we'd watched at this point was, please be good, please be passable, please be entertaining at the very least. This won't be good, will it? Um, point out that Hack is a man that is not suited for WCW, but always good to see a Sandman sighting. Um, Disappointing for the public enemy that this is their grand re- like their grand return from from um, to, to WCW with Tony Schiavone going oh that looks like the public enemy. <laughs> um, his lordship doesn't deserve this. Dave Taylor doesn't deserve this. Being obviously lords of the realm, um, <laughs> and I've got one notice. How can how can nothing be happening when so much is happening? And I think <laughs> that was I think that was maybe like. I, Allegedly, this was like a real junkyard. They, they they were in Fort Lauderdale or wherever they were, and they found an actual scrapyard. And they just thought, they asked the guy, can we do this? Now, if they were, if like just now in, in the world of cinematic, or when we've had during the COVID, when we had all these cinematic matches, if you had this condensed, maybe some fewer guys, and you'd actually had some foresight about how you might actually want to shoot it, it could have been better because. I have no doubt that there was loads of stuff happening that they never captured. Um, mm-hmm. At one point, the most fun I had in the match was when Tony says, oh, that's Cyclope. And I went, that's not Cyclope. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it was... It was unique. I'll give them that. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't as good as they were... as they were, um, as they they were, were, Tony and, and Bobby were, were spouting out to be, but it was... An interesting concept that I think you would need to try once to know that it's not. I've no issues with them trying it. I think you need to try it to know that it might not work again, or if it's if you're going to do it again, how you change it. Um, this cost apparently this cost a hundred thousand dollars to produce. Uh, that is 
an incredible amount of money to have at least three and people injured. Cyclope and Silver King went down with undisclosed injuries. Uh, undisclosed injuries. Hack separated his shoulder and got a neck injury and never wrestled in WCW again. I'm sure Mikey went down with a serious injury. I'm sure his lordship went down with a serious injury. Um, not the worst concept. It was reasonably entertaining. It was very entertaining compared to what what we've been what we've been served up so far. But yes, very difficult to rate. So I have I have abstained from rating it if that's okay, Mr. Long. That's fine. I've I've abstained from rating it as well. Um, have you have you watched the um I can't remember what the exact title is, the uh, the wildest WCW moments, the fifty great you know, wildest WCW moments. No. DVD. Well, this, this was I. I want to say this was number fifty or number forty-nine. And Regal tells a great story on there. How basically he could see the the helicopter and the cameraman up ahead. So and the flashlight. And he said he knew exactly when to be on camera. And obviously, when the camera was <laughs> he spent most of the match, night percent of the match, in a car, just and literally just waiting for the flashlight to appear. Brilliant. And, Stepping out, and then as soon as the flashlight goes away, he goes back in the car and does nothing. That is why. That is why he is a lord of this land. Yes, brilliant. <laughs> that, that is excellent. What a guy! It is great. Um, now, amazing. Uh, now, Logan Callum mentioned some of the guys in that, this match, uh, including Hack, and I and I spotted Hack straight away because as Tony reminded me, he's got a very distinctive left-handed punch that you know everybody knows that Hack straight away. <laughs> nah, I, I, I'm unlike you because I didn't see Hack for about half of the match, and I was like, "Isn't he the one that made up this match?" And I was like, "Good lord!" I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't see him for forever. Um, I love that this is uh, Stephen Regal's like re-debut in WCW. Uh, it, this is either his first appearance or one of his first appearances. Definitely his first pay-per-view appearance since he came back. So I think that's hilarious. Uh, the public enemy coming back and this being their kind of first thing as well is really funny. Uh, but yeah, just, just a like, you know, Callum obviously listed off the amount of money that they spent on this, but just imagine being a company stupid enough to waste a hundred thousand dollars on hiring helicopter, getting cameraman and just renting out this stupid junkyard for this match. It was so, like, I like some chaos in my matches, like a good ladder match that has a bunch of broken tables and just a bunch of moves on ladders and stuff like that. But there's a little bit too much chaos in this one. Uh, you know, the cameras couldn't really keep up with everything. I think I think there were also too many guys in this. You know, there ended up being 12 guys, I think, uh, or somewhere around that. But uh, it's just so chaotic, and you don't even see half the stuff going on. Like Callum said, off-camera, I'm sure there were some more cool spots that you completely missed. Um, Bobby and Tony are five-star commentating team on the, on this uh, on this match, and it's pretty much the only entertaining part because it's the only part you can keep up with. Um, but this one was another one that was way, way, way too long. It almost goes 15 minutes, and it just it shouldn't have done that at all. It was... It was it was really long, but uh, I guess I won't rate it. But this would be my third death of the night if 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 I did rate it. But uh, I'll hold off. So I I kind of agree with you both. Does of like they definitely should have stripped it down a bit more, and you know mm. had maybe like seven or eight guys that have it felt like twenty, but they should have been seven or eight. And like Callum said, you know this could have this would have worked in the cinematic WWE universe. And God, I hate that saying, mm. but uh, this would have worked. <laughs> 
they would have choreographed it a lot better. Whereas this just felt like literally like disjointed brawling with some car, you know, car park shot, car park shots. I can't speak, but you know, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, I will also say about Bobby and Tony that um, they thank you for reminding me about the uh, the Regal and Finley parking lot brawl from Nitro because uh, I pretty much put that <laughs> straight after this and I straight after watching this I was like I need to watch that match again <laughs> just that and the uncensored match just for just for some just for some brutality basically. <laughs> <laughs> we so, oh by the way we none of us have actually said but. Uh, Finley wins the match. He, he wins the match by uh, basically exploding a car so nobody else can get to him. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be one of the most unique ways of winning a match, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think we should. I think I, there should be some more ve- ve- vehicular homicide. I can't speak to that. What is up with me? <laughs> <laughs> I was. I, I was also going to make a note about that, um, but I thought keeping sort of British geopolitics out of the podcast might be the best way to go, Ben. Ah, yes, yes, quite, quite right. Quite right. Uh, let's, go, let's go back to the ring, gentlemen, for our next match, which is for the World Tag Team titles. Pitting the Jersey Triad judge, who consists of Diamond Dallas Page, Bam Bam Bigelow and Canyon, and they are facing off against the duo of Chris Benoit and Perry Saturn. Uh, Logan, it is, I'm fair to say, along with the eight-man elimination tag, this, as well as being the match of the night with a very lowly rating, I'm guessing, uh, was also the one that was meant to carry things wrestling-wise for this pay-per-view. Yeah, 100%. My first note is, hey, finally a match that at least has some potential of being good. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually watching through 99 WCW. I'm I'm watching everything. I'm watching ECW, WCW, and WWE. Kind of just going through it week by week. Um, and I'm at the point where Benoit is still teaming with Malenko and Saturn's with Raven. So them being a team here just kind of confused me. Uh, the Triad has actually just debuted where, where I'm at. So um, that that they make sense. But I was like, why are Saturn and Benoit? Uh, uh, with each other because they they were they were on opposite sides when I when I last watched but um but you know it was a hot start between Saturn and DDP um I love when uh, Saturn and Canyon get matched up in the match they're genuinely two of the most underrated guys ever honestly I think they both really show out in all all their WCW runs uh, poor Bam Bam Bigelow's just sitting on the apron for, for most of the match and he just uh, the, for some reason. Uh, Benoit and uh, Saturn just go over and punch him like a, a bunch of times. The guy was just following the rules, just standing on the apron, and he just kept getting decked. So I thought that was a really funny part of it. Um, Saturn and Benoit really just absolutely laid a smack down on uh, Canyon for most of the match, uh, most of the first part of the match. Uh, Canyon actually eventually ends up getting the tag, and the triad kind of do the same thing to Saturn. Um, like like we were talking about with the uh, fans, I said, unfortunately, the piece of shit fans are paying more attention to a fight in the stands than the one good match on this card that's happening in the ring. Uh, so that's probably maybe what you were talking about earlier. Um, Benoit kind of comes in and gets a little bit of offense, but the numbers game is too much for him. And they, uh, the triad, then kind of start working him over. So they have a really long extended uh, segment of kind of beating on Benoit. Uh, Canyon hits like a sit-out Alabama slam at one point. I thought that was a really cool move. Uh, I think that's kind of one of the things Canyon's kind of known for is being real innovative with 
the moves that he kind of came up with. So I thought that was a pretty cool one. Um, and then Saturn kind of comes in at one point after that, and chaos ensues, uh, kind of leading to the ref getting knocked down and the triad pretty much cheating to get the get the victory. So they retain the titles. And I, I was really entertained by this one, so much as the crowd uh, seemed to not give a fuck. Uh, but I gave I gave it three stars. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't just a fight in the crowd. There was a beach ball as well that made it onto camera. Oh, okay. I mean, it, that was when Big Leo had to put on about three chin locks in a row just to uh, just to get try and get the crowd on side. Um, speaking of Big Leo, Callum, I the, some of the bits in here, some of the bits in here with him and Benoit, I thought were absolutely brilliant. Like Benoit basically just throwing him around like cruiserweight instead of being three hundred and fifty pounds. Oh yeah, I mean the, the, the guys you have the, the guys you have in this match. Um, Benoit was Benoit was excellent as as. He almost always as Perry Saturn held his own as well. I mean, Perry Saturn is, is ridiculously underrated. Um, and then you've got the guys on the on the triad side. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was the crowd as well. I mean, I don't know if the crowd has been shit all night or they have been beaten into submission with what they've been presented before. I don't know if it's I I it's, it's, I don't know if they're shit because of what they've seen or because. Or what they're seen, what we have seen hasn't been as good because the crowd has been shit. It's like a chicken and egg type of thing. Um, the, the 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 tag work from Ben Wan Saturn was was really good, but at the start everything seemed to be at the walking pace, and they were given they weren't given the crowd anything to get into. But again, where would the crowd have got into had they been given something? I don't know. Um, I've got a note about the random cheer because of the beach ball. Um, and uh, an asshole chant um, because I'm assuming because a security guard has taken the taken away the beach ball. Although if there's been a fight in the crowd, then that's probably it. Um, I've got a note to say that the match didn't deserve Bam Bam attempting a moonsault. Um, <laughs> the the last two three minutes um, of the match were really really good. It was a bit of a convoluted ending. Um, and, and at times I it felt to me that they were going through the motions. So the, the last two three minutes, to me, didn't really make up for for a lot of the stuff that we saw before. And I don't I don't necessarily blame the guys in the ring because you could tell they were all trying their hardest. But again, given what has come before, I think it was just that this just seems like everyone just was knew that everything was just this was going south. This mm. show was going south, and they just wanted in and out as as quickly as possible. Um, I went two on it. I did think it was it was a lot better than what we'd seen, but I think it's just been dragged down. Like it's almost as if the guys in this ring have been dragged down to the level of what we've seen before. Because I know that if we watched this any other time, or even if I watched this by itself. It might have come. It might have been a lot better. I think this has been impacted by the fact that it's in the middle of the show that we've been watching. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you know that saying like, you know, people don't get out of second gear. You've got to give, you've got to give them some credit because, like I say, they, they were all putting the effort in, and I, I think they didn't get out of third gear. Oh, I, oh, they were absolutely, they were absolutely putting the effort, and you can't fault them for, you can't fault their effort at all. I, I will also say, Logan, uh, we don't do a great value award on this show, but um, the, uh, the 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 attempted 3D finisher at the end, somebody's been watching ECW, haven't they? 
<laughs> yeah, without a doubt, a hundred percent. I I will guess that was Mr. Page because he was he's he, he, he was quite he was one for uh, getting the diamond cutter off in as many places as he could. Yeah, he was quite the scholar. He he, he watched film like a, a madman. Apparently, <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, so our next match is not a wrestling match; it's a boxing match between oh, the famous the famous pugilists Rowdy Roddy Piper and Buff Bagwell. Your referee for this match is Mills Lane. He comes out in his full judge's robes. Now, I really should have had a look at this, but I'm guessing at this point in 99, he was doing some sort of, uh, you know, uh, great value judge duty program because they they just kept mentioning that all night. So I'm guessing that was what was going on with that. Uh, Roddy comes out with Ric Flair. Buff then decides to bring his mum out to be his corner person because that is what you do when you're a top-level babyface. You get your mum to come out and help you. Uh, Judy then nearly trips up on her way to the ring, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, Callum, as as a, as a fan of the squared circle, um, yeah, boxing it should never it should never be in a wrestling ring, correct? One hundred percent correct. That is my first note. I don't like work bo- worked boxing matches um, that don't involve butter bean and or bark gun. Um, <laughs> now, I. I um I, I like watching boxing, I do. I obviously like watching wrestling, but that's a Venn diagram where the two circles should never meet. It's <laughs> it's really just not. It never works. It really never works. Um, the best part of this match was Roddy Piper's um, WCW theme. With the, I prefer that bagpipe theme than I do the WWE one. I'm just putting that out there. Um, <laughs> Boxing action that that doesn't that doesn't work in a worked sense. Um, a wrestling move to finish and a boxing match that finishes on a three a three count pinfall. Um, and can I just point out, guys, Vince Russell doesn't turn up for another three months, and this is a this is a Russell finish. So I'm thinking <laughs> not all of WCW's problems were caused by Vince Russell. They were well on the way down before he came. Um, <laughs> Yeah, this is a dud. I didn't know. I, I I was unsure about the validity of a minus rating, so I just went dud. But I, I can assure you, now that I know of the of the orgasmic nature that you feel when you do do a, a minus rating, I'll keep that in mind because this should have been my first one. This was a waste of everyone's time. <laughs> uh, they, they may have well Russo may well have pushed them off the cliff, but the handbrake was already off the car. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Um... Now, Logan, you, you spoke in the last match about, you know, being a bit confused when people are together. Um, Ric Flair and Roddy Piper, literally on the last pay-per-view, were in pretty much a blood feud for the time. So, <laughs> seeing them all pally-pally at this point, yeah, I was equally as confused. But, uh, I mean, you, got, you, you kind of have to give WCW a little bit of credit because, you know, trying to make Buff into a big star, but this is not the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I was saying, being confused uh, in the last Nitro I watched, uh, I'm pretty sure Piper was. Uh, the, it ended with Piper giving uh, Flair a, a sleeper hold. So uh, quite quite confused as to how they're uh, buddy buddies now. But you know, uh, it, you, you know, it just it's how this time period kind of goes with WCW as I'm as I'm kind of learning going through it for pretty much the first time. 
Um, but I mean, they 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 wasted buff like they wasted a buffer appearance on this match. I mean, he's going to be there for the main event, I guess. Anyways, but good lord, this I mean, it's boxing, so I kind of get it. But just this getting the buffer treatment just was awful, awful. Um, <laughs> Judy Bagwell returns and wraps up the fashion statement award. So uh, I, I'll go ahead and spoil that one. Uh, that one's going to get mine. Um, as if this pay-per-view couldn't get worse, uh, we get a worked boxing match, uh, and we have uh, we have to look at Piper's creamy white legs for an extended period of time. Uh, he is incre- he's an incredibly pale man, and I was almost getting blinded by looking at his legs. Um, like Callum said, if, if a work boxing match doesn't involve either butter, bean, bark gun, or I'll even give Mark Marrow a, a, a toss in there. Uh, if it doesn't involve one of those threes, don't put it on my freaking television. This is absolutely horrendous. Uh, and ending a boxing match with a pin because fuck it is my last note. So, um, yeah, just awful, awful. Buff, uh, Buff has never been in a fight apparently because he he did not even know how to throw punches or even sell them. So this really exposed how truly awful Buff Beckwell is. Uh, now um, I've got a pretty dumb yeah, similar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got a pretty dumb similar note to you at the end, but I didn't put fuck it. I just put uh, this allows Buff to hit the blockbuster for the pin in a boxing match. Uh, just awful. Yes, I'm going to go dud as well because, uh, like I say, I I, I admire as, as most things in wrestling. I at least admire the the intention of what they're trying to do with Buff, but the execution left a lot to be desired. Um, so now, gents, we come to our main event, which is Kevin Nash and Sting versus Randy Savage and Sid Vicious. Now, gentlemen, I don't know if you want to talk about it. We, we haven't mentioned it off air, but I'm going to mention it now because we're watching this, obviously watching this in 2022, talking with 2022 eyes, but uh, I personally was very, very uncomfortable with the whole gorgeous George situation. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how you felt, Logan, watching that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we got, <laughs> yeah, uh, I definitely agree with you. Um, but, uh, yeah, we get some we get some classic 80s stalling to kind of start this match. Um, it, it, it's just, a, you know, a trope of Savage and kind of Hogan at this time. They just go around the ring, kind of stall and stall and stall. Um, Sting finally cuts out to the ring and kind of jumps Savage uh, to kind of get things started uh, eventually. Um, the, you know, the big problem with this main event match is that it, it they they don't really describe the rules very well because uh, you would think anybody who gets any type of pin would win the world title, but I'm pretty sure it's just if they pin Kevin Nash, so Sting really can't win the title in any way. So I mean, they really should have just done a four way here and kind of made you know Sat Sid and Randy be kind of an alliance a little bit and just kind of you know go after the other two, but. Um, all of these guys, uh, except maybe Sting, are well past their expiration date of their uh, peak uh, performance levels at this point. So uh, none of them are really bringing their A games here. Uh, Sting hits a stinger splash into the railing uh, that looked pretty nasty at one point. Um, we get uh, we get another unpunished low blow at one point. Um, I can't remember who did it, but I, it was I think it was Savage on Nash maybe. Um, but yeah, we get a completely unpunished low blow again. Uh, 
I really wasn't expecting at any point that Sting was going to do a stinger splash uh, to Miss Madness or Medusa. I thought that was pretty funny, pretty cool uh, moment. Uh, and then uh, George's, Gorgeous George comes in and punches uh, Nash in the butthole, uh, which was absolutely <laughs> slow, sold as a low blow, but she absolutely just punched him in the asshole. Um, and then we get a power slam from Sid and a big elbow, and Savage wins the title. Um I was not a fan of this one. It was very slow, very plotting. Um, and I only gave it a half a star because I just thought it was pretty bullshit. Just the whole concept and just the, all of it. It's just not good. <laughs> even, even Tony couldn't cover up for the uh, for the for the attempted low blow because he calls it an up just calls it a regular uppercut. <laughs> like he's like, I'm having on this year. Uh Callum, like 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 Logan says, like in nineteen ninety nine, these four guys, you've got three guys who really can't carry a match, and a guy in Sting who just isn't motivated to carry just four guys to it it was almost like a, a TV main event with the amount of time they got. Yeah, um You've got guys in there who on their day could can produce a, 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 a decent match. So you've got Sting, who, as you say, where he's motivated. I mean, look at him now. He's 60, what, two, three years of age? Three now. Yeah, so he's Stingy. So he's motivated at the time of his life, and he's still putting on good matches in AEW, albeit in a tag setting, and he's limited in what he can do. But my God, they're watchable. Nash can put on a watchable match if he really wants to. Sid, the enigma of Sid Vicious, who, like... He can get drawn in when he's on his game. Randy Savage, it is so upsetting to see the way that Randy Savage is in this in this one. That knee injury in, in that cage has ruined Randy Savage. Because he's just yeah. like he is it's like somebody has put up has like put has stuck a straw on him and just blown him up like a balloon. It is so sad to see. So you've got a combination of guys who could probably give you a good match. Under the right circumstances, and this wasn't this wasn't the right circumstance, really. Um, yeah, I mean, the crowd were absolutely silent for this one, and mm. I don't. I, and this is probably when when the when the time comes that I realise that the crowd it's not the crowd have been killed. The crowd just don't give a shit because it doesn't matter what you've seen beforehand if. I could have been in this show. I don't care about, like, okay, David Flair, okay, pish, I've, he's away. The Junkyard Invitational, I didn't really see much, but it's been and gone because I'm still here because I know I'm going to see four of the biggest stars this company's got and I'll be hopefully entertained by it. It was fine. It was watchable. I thought the end was, was, was f- f- like, Fast paced and and the old Doctor Evil air quotes as fast paced as a as a match with Big Kevin said can be. It was it was fine. It was chaotic. The uppercut to the arsehole was was a choice. Um, <laughs> the um, yeah, it was. It could have been so much better, um, but I think it's just sort of as you know that it, it's it's. A victim of of what's come before it, I think it's just been tarred with that brush. It, if you watch it, it's by itself. I think this match is actually on this was on the Randy Savage compilation DVD that WWE brought out. Um, remember that that first one that they brought out? 
um, in 2008. Oh, wow. the, the, Maria, the Maria one? The what one? The, the Maria Matt Striker one? Uh, yes, I believe so. This is one as a DVD extra because it's his last world title one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you watch this by oh, okay. itself, it might be okay. But because we've watched the, the two and a half hours before this, it's just sort of... It's along the same lines as everyone else. Everything else. I went one star on it. Um, it could have. It, it, I, I think it could have been a lot better. Uh, I went. I went half a star on it because, like I said, we started talking. I just found the whole gorgeous George thing distasteful, and that just took me right out of the match. I'm not gonna lie. And also, yes, as Colin says, it was uh, Randy Savage's last world title match. Uh, like last world title victory, sorry, uh, one that would only last for about a day because uh, somebody was making their big return, brother. So, you know, he had, to, he had to be for the second year in a row a transitional champion. Well, I think the, the crowd were, was there not a Hogan chant towards the end of the match as well? There was a, there was mm-hmm. Hogan chant and a Goldberg chant. So, yeah, they weren't, they were obviously waiting, on, maybe that's why they were so silent, they were waiting on Hogan turning up. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, Savage has four WCW title reigns, I think, and he only holds it for a total of like 53 or 54 days, one of those two. So, Jesus. And one of them was like, you know, 40-something of those days. So he had the title uh, three or four times where he held it for like a week or less. So, yeah. All right. That's all right. Yeah. it. Right, gentlemen, uh, that is the end of the show, but it's not the end of our show because we have some awards to give out. Um, it almost I always feel like getting the old Dr. Evil air quotes out for this, Callum, but uh, what are you giving the best match of the night to? Um, it has to be the, the tag title match. Okay. Uh, same for you, Logan? <laughs> yeah, for it being the only good match on the show, yes, uh, the tag title match for sure. Yeah, I'll make it a clean sweep for the tag title. Uh, worst match, Logan? Uh, boxing match. Back boxing, Callum? Boxing match. Uh, I went with Steiner and Hammer, but uh, yeah, boxing match would be a very close second to that. So, uh, you know, we, I think we can I think we can say that one. Uh, Callum, uh, most surprising match of the night, and that's surprisingly good or surprisingly bad. Um, now, this is... It's a tricky one because there was there was nothing that really blew me away either way. Um I would I'll probably say that the, the world title match. I expected that to be slightly better than it was. Mm, I think that's a fair show. Uh Logan. Yeah, I'd have to go I, I would have expected the main event to be a little bit better. Maybe not a lot a lot better, but a little bit better for sure. So I'll I'll go with that one as well. Yeah, if he made it like a garbage tag match, just a garbage brawl, then that would have instead of like say just a ten minute TV special, that would have that would have made it better. Um, we have got the uh, Logan. I mean, I don't think we have had many shit takes tonight. But we have got the Sean Kidd Award for the biggest shit take of the evening. Nah, I don't think we had anything that was uh, really offensive. I, I can't even really think of one because we were all pretty negative uh, <laughs> together on this one. So. Um, just the fact that Callum made us watch the show, I'll give it to him. Seems <laughs> uh, it's your first time here, properly, uh, officially, Callum. Yes, you get you're gonna get it for making us watch this pile of shit. I'm 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 happy to give myself that one for making us watch. I, I, am, I am so so sorry. <laughs> 
Uh, we have, okay, final, well, I would say final award, it's not really, but <laughs> uh, the fashion statement award. Uh, Callum, who are you giving that to tonight? Um, Mike Tinney. <laughs> For being the whitest man. For being the whitest man, closely followed by Dave Pencer because his bow tie and cummerbund being, being tropical and Hawaiian uh, <laughs> patterned um, very, very close second. Uh, Logan, how about you? How dare you call me white? I'm Dave Pinzer. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, but I gotta go Judy Bagwell with the spray painted, uh, you know, caricature of her and Buff. It, it, just absolutely ridiculous. And I laughed so hard when she walked out when I saw that. So, one hundred percent, gotta go with that. Yeah, I've got I've got two uh, Disco Inferno's uh, highlighter pen outfit. Uh, you know, that takes a brave man to wear something like that, and. I know, so I'm like, I'm, I'm taking over the pervy old man, Mr. Kid. Uh, Tori, Tori Dotson's outfit is just unreal, so I've got to give her some love for that. Um, now, Callum, as the new boy around here, and I think I know where you're going to go. I've got a slight feeling. Um, is this show chicken salad or chicken shit? <laughs> this is the most chicken shit I, have, I think I've ever watched. This is firmly in the chicken shit. Simple as that. Simple as that. Uh, Mister, well, the the uh, the our man in the kitchen, Mister Crosland. What have you got for us? Yeah, I mean, I, I said it in multiple chats last night. This is the worst pay per view I've ever watched in my entire life. Uh, like we talked about earlier, we mentioned Heroes of Wrestling. I've never seen that, but I, I I even feel like that's like comedically bad. But this is just horrible. Like it wasn't even like no no parts of it were funny. It was just. It was just bad wrestling after bad wrestling after bad wrestling. So um, this is just the worst, you know, bowl or cup of chicken salad you could possibly eat. It just immediately makes you throw up or barf or, or you know, just shit all over yourself or something like that. Just <laughs> absolutely horrible. The worst, the worst container of chicken salad ever, ever conceived. So, um, yeah. It's not just gone off, it's been left out the fridge, it's everything. Mm. It's been left out the fridge, the dog's come and pushed in it. That's just mm. all gone. <laughs> now, at this point, to get some jeopardy into the room, I would uh, I would uh, ask where we're going to put this on our league table, but I think I might know. Uh, Callum, is, is there any doubt this is the new number one? Well, I thought long and hard about this, um, and... Uh, Oh, look, I compared the card between this and the current number one, Fall Brawl 1993. Um, Fall Brawl 93 has war games on it, which is immediately makes it better than this. This is the, hands down, this is the worst show I have ever watched in my life. So this is number one with a bullet for me. Okay, uh, how about you, Logan? The same began? Yeah, I feel like there were at least a couple of competent matches on uh, Fall Brawl 93. Now, the War Games is probably the worst War Games ever conceived. Well, there might be one that's worse, but it's definitely top two uh, of worst ever conceived uh, because it has the Shockmaster in it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, as I say, just looking at the card now, the, I, I feel like the world title match was disappointing, but it was pretty good, and then the, you know, Regal Steamboat match was disappointing, but still uh, almost better than anything on here. 
I mean, out of the two shows, the best match is probably the tag title match from the show we watched. But like, there are so many worse matches than what was on this other card. So yeah, it's definitely number one with a bullet for me. <laughs> yeah, I I will make it a trio of votes for our number one, and I'm sure our old co-hosts will probably agree with that too. Uh, yeah, this was this was an absolute stinker. I'm not gonna lie. When I when I came up with this podcast idea, I was like. Oh yeah, it's going to be some entertaining crap. This is just crap. There's no, enter- mm-hmm. you know, the junkyard battle royal is as close to entertaining as you get. And even that's like, a, it's all right, but like, you know, it's not, not exactly a selling point. No, there was very little redeeming qualities of this show. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, gentlemen, uh, Cal- I think that's the end of our show. So, uh, Callum, first of all, thank you for coming on. I would say thank you for, for making us watch that, but uh, you know I don't mean that bit. Um, <laughs> whilst, we're here, whilst we're here, sir, is there anything that you would like to uh, plug or any social media that you'd like to direct the good ladies and gentlemen to? Yes. Um, well, thank you, um very much Ben for affording me the opportunity to become uh, to come on to the show. Hopefully um this isn't the last time after making you do it. Um I feel like this is the this is the Beatles on top of um the the record store. I hope we pass the edition. I may not have passed the edition, but thank you anyway. Um yes, um as Ben said right at the very start, um, I am one third of the space relations. We're on hiatus, but we're going to come back with a bang around September time. Um, I believe, if not sooner, uh, depending on, on Mr. McNamara's life commitments, you can hear me on Croc and Roll. Um, and uh, if you could please give a like, subscribe or follow or whatever, on whatever platforms terminology it is um, on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash place to be nation, place to be nation all one word on YouTube, Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash ptbn live and on twitter at ptbn youtube excellent uh and again i'll, I'll repeat it thank you very much for uh, agreeing to come on with us uh logan anything that you would like to plug while you're here yes thank you callum for uh jumping in uh to the seat that uh mr kid has uh left vacant uh for now um <laughs> but uh highway to the impact zone we just did unbreakable 05 with the uh, greatest match in TNA history, according to a lot of people, which would be uh, AJ Daniels and Joe uh, and a triple threat for the X division title. Um, that one just came out this week as of, as of this recording. Uh, it was a great show. We had a ton of fun uh, watching that one. Uh, I actually recorded a pod that never came out uh, the other night. So, uh, But listen to Clotheslines and Headlines 2.0. Uh, they did the second episode. They re-recorded it without me uh, just because I could not join them the night that they did it. But uh, check that out uh, as they preview the weekend's events and uh, next week's NXT 2.0 uh, Great American Bash. So check those out. Uh, excellent. And the reason why Logan couldn't appear on that show uh, was because he was recording the latest episode of Popcorn Chicken Salad, uh, which we did was it last night or Thursday. I get, I get confused after all. I'm an old man now. It's two nights uh, ago. And he <laughs> rewatched their 1989 classic, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Um, as you can imagine, Logan being the live action Disney expert he, he is, pretty much knew every scene. I was very impressed with you, Logan. You did well. 
<laughs> and uh, I, I'm also on that uh, Highway to the Impact Zone episode, and uh, I can confirm that uh, Joe, Daniels, and AJ is still quite the banger 17 years later. So uh, if you haven't watched it for a while, uh, put it on, because it, it's still... It still fucks very hard, I think, is the phrase. <laughs> uh, I think that's it, because I'm, I'm, as Kevin said, we're on hiatus, so there's only really dates in the highway that I do at the moment. So I'm practically having a summer off as it is. <laughs> uh, so for Callum and Google and Lone Crosby, I'm Ben Lark. And remember, everybody, in a world where you can be anything you want to be, be kind. Thank you so much for listening to Chicken Salad and we will see you again next month. Judgment Day